0: Welcome to Mad Toast Live, recorded in front of a live audience. We're at the Brink Lounge, 701 East Washington Avenue, right down the hill from the Capitol Building in Madison, Wisconsin. We're your hosts, I'm Mary Gaines, and this is Chris Wagoner.
1: Thank you all for coming tonight. It's a beautiful night, actually, because we're in here. And not out there. It, it is Wisconsin. We're thrilled to be here tonight with Mr. Steve Cohen.
2: Thank you, Chris and Mary. <laughs> Chris, you'd said that you would oblige me with some accompaniment from time to time this evening, and I'm with you. this is one of those songs. So. <laughs>
1: Mr. Steve Cohen. Well, thanks for being with us tonight.
2: Yeah, it's my pleasure. It's a short drive up I-94.
1: Yeah, you, it was short because you were driving like 120. Ah,
2: 75.
1: Ah, uh-huh. okay.
2: I remember when my daughter was was gonna come to school in Madison. This is a fam, one of those family stories, and she had to be at the science building to take the preliminary tests or whatever at exactly 7:30. And I said, Ah, oh, it's only an hour. It's not we were running lights and cutting off ambulances. We got her there on time. Yeah. She got in.
1: <laughs> Yay. So
2: now I know how far it is to Madison.
1: I've yeah. got a, a hands-on experience. Plus the wormholes and everything like that. That too. Yes. That too. Got to look out for that. Well, you you've been a um uh I'm, I'm we're really thrilled to have you here in Madison. You've been a, a real mainstay on the Milwaukee scene for for many years. Many, many years.
2: Many, many, many years.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think
0: the last time I saw you perform was at Summerfest. Oh, yeah. I don't know what year that was. Oh, it wasn't that long ago. Within the last 10 years. Yeah. I you played
2: there p- almost every year since that uh, festival started. I yeah. think I yeah. wasn't there the first two years or something like that.
0: Which no. is a pretty huge deal because it's a pretty huge festival. I think that was with the Greg, uh, Koch, uh, Greg Koch Band.
2: Um, yeah, might I, th- have been. I played with so many different ensembles, it's right. pretty hard to keep track, but it might have been with Greg.
0: Have you ever tried to have one of those gigs where you have everybody that you've played with, sort of, all the different bands all play at one time?
2: We've had shows like that where um, the Milwaukee Blues Luminaries all take turns with us, you know, Greg yeah. and Jim Liban and uh, Stokes and Milwaukee Slim, I mean, uh, we had a show similar to that on Sunday where where we had four bands and, you know, everybody, the you know, top top blues players in Milwaukee were all there. Cool.
1: That was kind yeah. of uh, our friend Dave Lusinger here was uh, telling us. What a hand for Dave?
2: Yeah. He's got a show on the radio, yeah. too, on Saturday. Yeah.
1: Saturday's on WRT. That's yeah. right.
0: What time's your show, Dave? 8 p.m. I share it with Arch Shuna. 8 p.m. 8 p.m. with
1: Arch Shuna. Yeah. Two for the blues. Two for the blues, that's
2: right, on WRT 89.9 Someday I'm going to be a guest on that show. <laughs> <laughs> it's going
1: to happen. I
2: know. Thanks, Dave.
1: The, your, your big claim to fame, you've played with a lot of different people. Leroy Airmaster may be the one that, uh, that the name that kind of, that people, do, do you get called Leroy a lot? Still. <laughs>
2: after all these years, yeah. The, uh, Leroy was very popular in uh, southeast Wisconsin in the yeah. 1980s. And uh, left town for a couple of years and came back, and the band did not play for probably 15 years. Yeah. And walking down the street, still get it. Hey Leroy, and never, of course, made any aspirations to be Leroy. It was just the name of the band. Right. But apparently, I had more stage presence or something. People just assumed that I was Leroy. So was, <laughs> you, get, you get stuck with that stuff. Right? And there
0: was nobody in the band named Leroy.
2: There was not. Yeah. We had a black guy in the band, Vody Reinhardt, fantastic drummer. Yeah. Some people thought he was Leroy. You know, you do this <laughs> racial stereotyping yeah. and hey, so Leroy. forth. Yeah, Leroy.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah! I'm such an idiot. I for years I thought that's a really cool name, and it literally just the other day it hit me. It's like Airmaster Harmonica. I'm a, I'm a moron. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I know, no, I. It's just one of the you
2: know that's one of the reasons it was such a great name. Our bass player Dave Kasich, came up with it, and Leroy Airmaster actually is the name of an air compressor jackhammer that was manufactured in West Allis, a, um, a blue collar uh, suburb of, of Milwaukee. Sweet.
0: That's perfect. If
2: you um, you see those um, city DPW pickup trucks with a, a big air compressor on the back, and some of them say Ingersoll on them or various things, the Air Master's got a red silhouette of a clawing lion. And that, if you ever see one of those, that's a Leroy Airmaster.
1: So you saw that at some point and...
2: Dave, Dave thought of it. Okay, yeah. I
0: got to look for that now.
1: I love the birth of band names. That's one of the things that's fun to ask uh, ask people. It's one of the
2: hardest things about starting a band, huh? Don't you agree?
1: I totally. I mean, for us, it's in uh, past bands. have taken several pitches of beer down at the Memorial <laughs> Union Terrace, you know,
0: or way back before that, it was margaritas at the. Uh, to come up with no pages of really
1: and... crappy names, you know,
2: alcohol is usually involved.
1: Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So I, th- I think about Jethro Tull. I mean, Ian Anderson has to have the same problem. Hey, Jethro! Absolutely, what? yes. Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Buffalo Springfield, more uh, more um, oh, construction sure. equipment, you know. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, that's good. So apparently, you're sponsored by Honer, which is Hohner. pretty amazing because that's the world's largest maker of harmonicas.
2: Yeah, I have been sponsored by them since about 1987 or so.
0: Wow, that's great. Do you get a lot um. of harmonicas from them?
2: You know, if I ever need harps in a pinch, yeah. I, I can call them up and they'll ship them out quick, and I get them. You know, I get a, a good deal on them.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: That's good.
2: It is good, and it's the harmonica that I've settled on. You know, there's a lot of manufacturers now. There's many, many different kinds of harmonicas, and I really like the Horner Golden Melody. Yeah. Not too many. Not too many of the blues guys in the blues world play those, but. I do.
1: What's the What's the main thing? What's the main harp that people use?
2: Uh, Special twenty is okay. also a honer model, mm-hmm. and there are all these ten hole. Ten hole diatonic harmonicas, just a little ten hole. Diatonic. I guess um, a lot of people. The Marine Band is maybe the best known, mm-hmm. of these ten hole models.
1: But the easiest ones to bend, or what? What are you looking for when you're looking at a blues harp? or something to play. Boy, there's
2: cute. there's a lot of different uh, there's a lot of different characteristics that you look for. I mean, the way they the action, the way the reeds respond, uh-huh. uh, the shape of the harmonica, they have, you know, the reed plate covers all have different shapes, some of them are just fractionally larger or smaller, the holes are mm-hmm. fractionally larger or smaller and you just kind of try them all and figure yeah. out which ones you like the best. I mean, I started playing these because there's this phenomenal harmonica player who has revolutionized the instrument. His name is Howard Levy. Have oh, you yeah. ever heard of Howard? From Chicago? Yeah. 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 Yep. He's, yeah. He's incredible. And I heard um, he was playing at Bastille Days in Milwaukee with John Parrott and uh, Jethro Burns. And John somehow knew my knew that Karen was my wife and saw her there, and he gave her a cassette tape of snippets of Howard's solos. And this had to have been in 19... Uh, 19- mid 80s I guess maybe early 80s and here's a guy playing a 10 hole diatonic harmonica chromatically Yeah, you know he's getting all 12 notes of the chromatic scale all the way up all three registers of the harmonica he was playing it like a saxophone and I've always listened to jazz and I've always loved jazz yeah. Parker all those guys I love that stuff and so that's you know I always heard it in my head and I was never never able to play it the harmonica has got these limitations but Howard figured out a way to, to remove those limitations. Yeah. So the um, Golden Melody model is the one that's easiest to do that on. That's cool. The technique is, it's a misnomer. It's called overblowing, but that's not really uh, accurately descriptive name for it, but that's what it's called, is overblowing. Um,
1: yeah, can you-
2: Instead of... Those are the notes that, that are there. Yeah.
0: So basically if any like if I picked up a harmonica It wouldn't sound like it would that. take me years to be able to figure <laughs> that out. I'd go
2: That sounded pretty good. I think you're well <laughs> on your
1: way. You don't even need a harmonica, Mary. That's very good. <laughs> I noticed you do, uh, there's one thing on your website, a snippet, uh, you do all blues. You did this for Hal Leonard book, mm-hmm. but you're playing, the, playing jazz, and it's it's really cool because you're doing this real chromatic thing with that. I mean, it definitely yeah. was not. Yeah,
2: and that book, yeah. which I recorded, it's got like eight jazz standards. Song for My Father, uh, Sugar, um, Coming Home Baby. There's a There's a bunch of, Standards on there. We recorded it about a year ago, and I think it's going to come out in about a month. So, cool. Looking forward to
1: that. Hey, let, let's hear some more music. We'll talk talk okay. some more a little bit about. Uh, we could talk forever. Yeah, we could just yeah. keep yeah. talking. It'd be Good. great. Well, I'm going <laughs> to play.
2: I'll play some harmonica since cool. we're talking about it.
0: Right. And, um,
2: this is a song that's been around a long time. I think before they had copyrights, this song was around. <laughs>
4: This morning fell around for my shoes you didn't know I had them walking blue woke up this morning and I fell around for my shoes You know I had them had a them mean of walking blue Some people tell me that they worry blues ain't bad, it's the worst old feeling that I ever had. Some people tell me worry blues ain't bad, <laughs> what i feel feeling, like, child, that I ever had. <laughs> you <laughs> my baby's gonna be the death of me. River to the ocean, ocean water (laughs) to sea. But I'm fine, my baby, it's gonna be the death of me. (laughs) Up this morning, fell around for my shoes. People didn't know I had them a walking blues Woke up this
3: morning.
4: <laughs> 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 you know that I had the help. Had a mean old walking blue
3: blues.
0: Yeah. There's just no way you're supposed to be able to get that many notes out of that little thing.
2: <laughs> I wish I could slow down too a little bit, to tell you the truth, <laughs> but that's my problem.
1: It's awesome. I love it. So, Jim, Jim Liban, you guys have had a long, healthy relationship. Another phenomenal heart player from Milwaukee era. Area. Jim was uh, he
2: was one of the uh, one of my inspirations to yeah. to start playing the instrument.
1: And you play get to play with him occasionally, right? And that, that this reunion wasn't it a, a an up and under.
2: Um, yeah, it was a it was reunion? a weird anomaly called the Up and Under reunion at Kochanski's.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, so it yeah. actually wasn't up at, at the Up and Under.
2: No, it wasn't. Okay. The Up and Under was the uh, in Milwaukee was the premier blues bar for decades. It no longer is now. It's oh. now it's not. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's a sports bar, isn't it? Uh, we, yeah, we don't
2: I don't know what it is exactly. Well, um, that's
0: where I saw Jim Lieben. Yeah. Yeah.
2: But really, we st- um, Leroy Airmaster, this band that we talked about, was the first band to play at the Up and Under. It was a rugby bar up until that time. And we'd been playing a jam session at a place on the south side called Woodrow's. The owner lost his lease, and he went to work as a bartender at the Up and Under. So he talked the owner into bringing Leroy Airmaster in there to run a jam session, and the rest is history. We played there every Sunday afternoon for six years, and we've had maybe 25 to 30 people sit in with the band every week. I mean, so that's that's, a lot, of, that's yeah. a lot of sitting in. And it really put the up and under on the map, and yep. it put Leroy on the map, and it was uh, the, the club owner. You know they have a wide range, and this particular club owner took excellent care of us. I mean, he gave us uh, bonuses based on what went through the bar. You know, we'd walk in. And the piece of paper with the numbers and our bonus was on it every week. I mean, that's just unheard that's, of.
1: That is unheard
0: of. Yeah, totally. Wow. Yeah.
2: It's very fair and honest, and uh, uh, paid us. Is a he still alive? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's got a place in Brookfield now. He should give sports bar.
0: a sports a bar. Yeah. Darn. <laughs> yeah.
2: it, um, was a, it was. It was. They had a good sonners. run.
1: Hey, some other influences. I mean, we talked about. Well, Howard Levy was was coming up. You you were already on the scene when when Howard was was hitting it, and um, a lot of stuff. You played jazz too, but I, Toots Thielmans, I imagine, you know, in terms of jazz. Yeah, a lot I of people love, know toots. toots.
2: The um, there was a one year they were going to do the SPA convention, a big harmonica convention they do every year. They were going to do it in Minneapolis, and then they decided not to. Mm-hmm. But the guy that was doing all the legwork got mad and decided to have it anyway. So he had what he called a harmonica convergence or something, something, something like that, a harmonica symposium. And at this, he had um, different uh, world-class harmonica players doing concerts every night after all the workshops and so forth. And one night, Howard Levy and Toots Thielman played together on the same stage. It oh, was man. really, really a moment. Oh, wow. Um, it was interesting interesting yeah,
1: a lot of the jazz uh, when classic jazz albums i guess well over the last three four three four decades maybe if you hear j- harmonica it's highly likely it's toots i mean I'm sure there are lots of others but he's was so uh um, prevalent
2: indeed indeed uh in terms of name yeah. recognition name there are recognition. other yeah. there are other guys that are you know approaching his level of expertise but he's considered the guy that kind of put uh, jazz harmonica on the map, and he doesn't play diatonic, the ten-hole. Oh, right, right. He plays chromatic, so it's really very different. (laughs) You could look at it that way.
1: Hey, what about about for blues harp players, like little Walter or... uh,
2: That was my guy. Yeah. Back when I had a straight gig, I used to... um, My uncle had a uh, courier service in Milwaukee, so whenever I needed a job, he'd give me a job. And they weren't that busy, so I'd be sitting in my truck behind Pieces of Eight over by the lake with a cassette recorder of Little Walter and my harmonicas just working up every Little Walter solo. That yeah. you know, that, that, that was, I spent hours and hours and hours learning Little Walter solos.
1: He kind know. of, did he more or less, uh, um, I don't know, codify sort of the blues harmonica language, so to speak? I think Chicago you, could, you anyway? could say
2: that. You know, it's it's disputed, but the progression usually goes from Sunny Boy 1 to Sunny Boy 2 to Little Walter. And Little Walter was, in his early work, you can hear a lot of Sunny Boy in it. Mm-hmm. In his later work, you hear a lot of Louis Jordan. So, mm-hmm. you know, he really, he had this fantastic ear, and once he developed his skills, he had the reputation of being a guy who could hear... Um, one of the R&B standards on the jukebox at the break, and be able to play oh, it wow. on stage the yeah, next yeah. set. You know that kind of that kind of highly tuned ear.
1: Where does Charlie Musselwhite fit in that?
2: Uh, he came around toward the end of uh, Walter's life. I mean, all those guys hung out at the same bars in Chicago, so Musselwhite was a part of that deal. Yeah. I think he may have been more of a disciple of Big Walter, and then of course there's Middle Walter. <laughs>
1: <laughs> not really. <laughs> so, what I, I we've always said this, to be a, a true blues artist, you got to have really kind of have a name like that, like little something or blind or Leroy or master. Leroy. Leroy. Yeah.
2: I think they say that you actually need to live the blues to um play the blues. Yeah. I don't know. The name might have something to do with it, but you know, my personal feeling is that who doesn't get the blues, you know? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it's all it's all relative, but our emotions are all um relative. Mm-hmm. We all have, you know. If hopefully we all have the full range of human emotions, and that's what it takes to be able to play blues or probably any kind of music.
0: Yeah, I'd agree with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nicely said.
1: Let's play some music. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mr. Steve Cohen, you can go to stevecohenblues.com, <clears throat> find out more about him.
2: Here's one you could probably help me out with. It's an old song that I wrote a long time ago, and I was having a little trouble with my love life.
4: I'm in the courtroom of love, on my hands and my knees. I plead my case to the jury. Help your honor, will please call it true. Every word I say is true. I want you, behold H- you, but nothing but you. I'm gonna get up on the stand, raise my right hand, plead on a stack of Bibles. I've got to be a loving man, yes, I do. You better believe that it's true. I need you, the you Nothing but you I will not accept no substitutes I got to have the real, real thing Baby, if you know what is good for you You'll let me have you, hold you Sickness and inhale no matter what tomorrow, me friend, I am a vulnerable intention, and my only contention is you give me all of your affection, and I'm gonna give all of mine to you, all oh, to you. I want to give my love to you, all to you. To have a real, real, real thing Baby, if you know what is good for you You'll let me have you And hold you And keep you in my arms No matter what you may bring. This is my very first conviction You got me in such a condition my mind's in contradiction, and I'm feeling all kind of blow over you. Well, it's all on account of you. Because of you, behold you, you, nothing but you. Got to have you, the you, and nothing but you.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Is that uh, some kind of harmonica patch? <laughs> it sounded like harmonica. <laughs> I did, if
1: I told you, I'd have to kill you. So.
2: I think the uh, tonal quality of harmonica and violin do have some similarity. Yeah, the ability to get all those in-between notes mm-hmm. is there. You can't do that on a piano. You can bend a little on a saxophone. Yep. bend a little on guitar, but something about violin.
1: And there's this interesting thing too. And I, when I talk to my students about this, this idea of this sliding around, you know, it's so vocal as these instruments. And you're wondering where where these inflections come from. And I, I, I'm pretty convinced it's, I mean, it's, it's vocal, really.
2: The vocal quality. It's yeah. the vocal quality. And that's uh, that's something that our our ears really re- respond to.
1: Mm-hmm. You yeah. know? But I, I love the way uh, the harp... When you're thinking about... I, I don't play harmonica, but the idea, you talk about it as bending. You're bending the reed when you do that. And on the violin, I like to think about the physicality of how you bend what it sounds like and why it sounds like that on the harp helps me to why uh, approach the violin in that way and understand w- what that bend should sound like, what that f- slide should sound like. It's not just a slide. It's a very specific type of slide, you know?
2: Yeah, there's and, a lot of different ways to approach it. I yeah. mean, you know, on harmonica and, and fiddle, I'd yeah. imagine. You know, you can pull the strings... Uh, and put effects on them. Yeah.
1: I like John Hartford's d- description of playing the violin. He talks about uh, um, basically you just move the bow up and down and you m- m- move your fingers. He's, he's right, really, at the core of it. That's that's about it right there. Interesting. Yeah, never thought of it that way. Hey, uh, talk. About, you've got some things coming up. Steve Cohen, Blues Band with Jim Lieben. You're opening for the Siegel Schwal Band. Jim, Jim Schwal's a good friend of ours, lives right here in Madison. Yeah, yeah. Siegel Schwall at the Turner Hall in Milwaukee, coming right up here.
2: That's very true. It's a uh, kind of a reprise in that uh, we did open for them 2 years ago, Leroy Airmaster did. And uh, Leroy also opened for the radiators. We had a guy come down and record both shows and they came our sets came out so well. The energy was so good and the recording was so good that we released it as a CD. So I have some of them tonight, but it's uh, we do have a CD Leroy Airmaster live at Turner Hall. Shoot. This, um, this show coming up, we're doing just a little twist in that it's the Stone Cohen Blues Band. So the Stone Cohen Blues Band was our high school group. And it's three of the same guys that are in Leroy Airmaster with a different drummer. So uh, this, will, this will be a little twist on that. And we'll have Jim. Yeah. And actually, coincidentally, when we opened for Siegel Schwal last time at Turner Hall, Jim... Was along, I don't know if we were having lunch or what, but I mentioned this was happening. He said, I know, Corky, uh, mind if I tag along? Mm-hmm. So he did tag along and he came up and sat in with us, you know, so in, in, in that way it'll be the same. We'll have Jim with us
1: again. Wow, so you're going to have, well uh, oh yeah, another, exactly, another phenomenal harp player, Mr. Corky Siegel. Indeed. He's done a lot of different things. Indeed. Um, Hot Air, your CD with Jim Liban, that's available. Mm-hmm. And what, what's your most recent recording? Well, it's probably the.
2: It's the uh, Live at Turner Hall. Yeah. Live at
1: Turner Hall, um, and these are available on, on the website, I believe.
2: Um, um, yeah, CD Baby is a good place to get them. Okay. I can ship them out, but they they're all set up for that. Groovy. I had a good CD with um, with Greg. We had something called the Steve Cohen Blues Question Mark Band, and that was my little little uh, marketing blunder. <laughs> Because, uh, it, it, you know, I'm thought of as a blues artist, but I wanted to show some other sides. Yeah. And uh, so I thought that would be a tip-off, that this isn't your typical blues album, and I don't think people really knew what to make of it. I think it, maybe it was a, was a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I can't win them all.
0: That's a good plug. I like that. Well, it. <laughs> it's always tough, because the musician, we want to do that. We want to yeah. spread our wings a little bit, but... Yeah. It's hard to Yeah, I get you.
2: It's hard to convince That's all the people. I can say. Yeah. yeah. You know, once people people get a certain idea, uh, you know, they they provide an identity for you in their minds and it's pretty hard to shake them out of that. Yeah. yeah. Not necessarily a bad
1: thing. Oh, and another interesting thing, I guess it's on you can see this on the website. Your 1988 cassette, <laughs> right? Called Feedback is now available as a download. Oh, yeah.
2: What? Feedback. Feedback.
1: Feed bag. <laughs> <laughs> right.
2: Yes. That is, that's the- available. Yeah, Leroy had an interesting history. We had, uh, our, our first our first record was was vinyl, and it got paid for by a company and uh, did pretty well. It was distributed in um, Europe and sold thousands of copies. Yeah. And then uh, I think our next release was the Up and Under, which was all covers and a cassette. And then the third one was Feedback, and that was the pinnacle of our creative process in that it was all original material. Yeah. and uh, yeah, I think it holds up pretty well, even even to this day. Was, I cool. think it was a pretty good record.
1: I'm going to download that. I'm recommending that to everybody here in the audience. Yeah,
2: had some good yeah. songs on it.
1: Yeah. Mr. Steve Cohen here with us on Mad Toast Live.
2: I was talking to Morrow, the drummer for, uh, for the Jimmies, and he had Mentioned that uh, he'd gotten a guitar in Brazil, right? Yep. Yep. So I, I actually wrote a little Brazilian blues tune that we'll take a shot at here. uh, Fortunately, there's no vocals. (laughs) It's an instrumental, so I'm going to need your help on this one too, Chris. Leroy in Rio. (laughs) Bye. <laughs> Brazilian blues, too.
0: <laughs> We're the are dancers. <laughs> That's what I'm looking for.
1: Yeah.
2: I think violin sounds really great in uh, Brazilian music,
1: too. Yeah. Yeah. They speak Portuguese, sort of. There you go. <laughs> they do. Yeah, it's very very cool. Is there a tradition of harmonica down in South America that you know?
2: I have no idea. I do not know.
1: We should find out. We got to find out. We got to know.
0: Got to find out. Let me know. Yeah. Look it
1: up. Let me know. What well, else you got, man?
2: Well, you know, I yeah. brought... I brought my rack, and yeah. I made you guys go to sound. Guys found me a straight stand, and you got yeah. out your um, windscreen. So I think I ought to use it once here, since since we went all the trouble. Yeah. It's so another thing that's different about me. Most rack harmonica players play, you know, like Bob Dylan or Neil Young or sure. something like that. I just I don't do that. I never never heard it that way. I never felt like doing it that way. I'm more of a...
3: <laughs> I don't know
2: why. It's just the way
1: <laughs> Thank so God. That'll work.
2: So here it is. The first song I ever wrote. Not like I wrote a lot of them, but
4: first one I ever wrote. There is nothing in the world that I wouldn't do to be be with you. There is nothing in the world that I wouldn't do to be, be with you. I said there's nothing in the world then what can I do, baby, just to be with you? I would rise from the dead just to see your face. I would bury my body in your warm embrace. I would change my old tricks, learn some new ways if I could wake up with you every day. There's nothing in the world. What not do to be be with you? Nothing in the world. What not do to be be with you? Said there's nothing in the world that I would not do, baby, just to be with you. I would give you no choice. I would cancel my prescription at a twenty-four. If you'd only call my house, your home. There'd be nothing in the world. Nothing in the world that would not do, baby, just to be with you.
2: Thank you so much. Thank you.
1: We have time for another one, but I, I want to ask, uh, throw this out there real quick, uh, Mr. Steve Cohen, um, performing. Has, has been performing for many years and, and thousands and thousands of gigs, 100 appearances a year. Uh, mm-hmm. got over a dozen awards from organizations, Whammy, a Wisconsin area music industry award, Shepherd Express and Milwaukee Magazine down there. As uh, performing musician, educator at the Uni- University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee for, for several years, a session uh, musician, booking agent, Blues Central Booking Agency, active since the early 80s. Um, and other hats, such as radio DJ, journalist, LP, CD collector, and concert promoter. And that, that's a really wonderful thing for a musician to, to do to help you know, bring great artists to, uh, to, in, to put them in front of people. Who are some of the great blues artists you've had the pleasure of booking or, or working with? Some stories related to that. Well, one, of, one
2: of the very first ones that I wanted to bring to town was Otis Rush. He uh, hadn't played in Milwaukee in in like 20 years and at the time I was um, booking the blues, had a hand in booking the blues stage at Summerfest. I think it was sponsored by Pabst perhaps, I don't really remember but Otis Rush was a guy that I wanted to go after and we made it happen and he came and he put on a fabulous show and it was very gratifying. That was was a good one. Um, You know, I... I am a pretty. I, I, I consider myself a pretty good friend of Howard Levy's, and he's got so many amazing projects that um, I've been. I've been um, had the honor of of being able to book some of his bands in Milwaukee at various times. One show that I did promote, top to bottom, was a, a group he's got called Trio Globo. They're just uh, amazing. Three amazing innovators. You know, Howard, incredible pianist and. Uh, harmonica innovator, uh, Eugene Friesen, who teaches at Berkeley, lives in Vermont, and he's a cellist. Again, a virtuoso and an innovator. And a uh, percussionist, Glenn Velez, who, uh, again, the guy can make a tambourine sound like a drum set. Cool. So I was able to bring those guys to Milwaukee uh, a, couple of, a couple of times. Yeah. And that was cool. Howard's got a 10-piece Latin um, jazz group called Chevrolet, They've been around for about 25 years. And I was able to book them in Milwaukee several times. Um, some of his other projects too have brought him in solo, and all, all different formats. Yeah. So it's very gratifying because nobody else is going to do it. You know, this is this is music that flies under the radar a little bit. But it's the world's you know greatest players playing the world's greatest music. It's just not commercial, right. so right. No, nobody else is going to make this happen. So. Um,
0: so you feel like it's your duty, as? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm I,
2: not going to go out. Of, I'm not trying to make a bunch of money. I just want to bring music to my community that that I think has meaning and depth.
0: Yeah, great. Right. We didn't that's get into awesome. this business for the money. <laughs> 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 well,
1: we might have, but it became clear pretty quickly. That <laughs> yeah, that's right. That we better right. like the other parts. Cause, yeah. yeah. Well, that's great. I I I I applaud you for doing that and and continuing to do that. Thanks, Mr. Steve Cohen. Thank you for being here. We have time for one more.
4: On parchment farm, (laughs) sitting over here on parchment farm, sitting over here on parchment farm, ain't never done no man no harm. Holding that cotton in a limb foot sack. that cotton in a limb foot sack. that cotton in a limb foot 12 gauge shotguns at dawn. For the rest of my life, <laughs> figured I'll be here for the rest of my life. <laughs> well, I'm gonna be here for the rest of my life, and all I did was shoot my wife. Never do that. <laughs> Sittin over here on parchment farm <laughs> Sittin over here on apartment farm Bob <laughs> sitting over here on parchment farm He never done no man no harm <laughs>
1: This is Steve Cohen. Yes. Excellent. Thank you. You Go to stevecohenblues.com to find out more about Mr. Steve Cohen here. Thank you for listening to Map Toast Live. All right.
0: We'd like to give special thanks to Andy LaValle from Bear Sound, our technical producer and recording engineer. Adam Boronic, our front-of-house sound engineer. Taylor Ryan, our audio and video intern tonight. Kyle Austin, our camera operator. The Brink Lounge, WORT 89.9, listener-sponsored community radio in Madison, Wisconsin. Thanks for listening. Thank you.